This is B2B Radio featuring Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a nationally recognized leading business-to-business advisor, will present information that helps reduce risk, improve financial performance, and change your company's future. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of B2B Radio, brought to you by Capital Plus. Capital Plus removes the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full-service credit and collections department. All right, so we are picking up where we left off on the last show, and we're trying to clean up some of the slacker mess that I've left by not answering questions in a while. So um, uh, we just did it on the last show here where we answered a handful of questions, and we're going to try to get through those now. We'll probably get through three or four only, actually, because some of these questions are pretty are going to require pretty uh, long, detailed uh, explanation. So, um, but I think they'll be helpful for for, the, for those for many listeners, but especially those who sent them in. Um, so that is what we are going to cover today. You are stuck with me. Um, all right. So the first question is about cash flow, and it comes to us from Kevin, and he asks if there is a way to improve cash flow with payroll because payroll is my largest expense. Well, Kevin, actually there is. <laughs> so if you think about it, um, it depends how you pay your employees or how often you pay your employees, I should say. Um, a, a, an easy way, a, a very quick change you can make that will save you money and improve your cash flow. So pay attention to this one, is to pay your folks twice a month instead of every other week. So what that amounts to, as you can imagine, is you end up, you know, you have 52 weeks in a year. Obviously, if you're paying every other week, you have 26 payrolls. If you're paying twice a month, there's only 12 months, you only have 24. Doesn't sound like a lot, but take a look at your P&L and look at what you're paying your payroll expense company, uh, your payroll processing company, I should say. You're going to save two payrolls, right? Two payrolls, not only save the money not to pay them to run those extra two, you you have two less chances of making an error or them making an error. And those of you out there who do this, you know what I'm talking about. There's there always seems to be, depending on the employees you have, there's always some sort of, someone has some issue. If you've got 10 employees and you run payroll and you have no complaints, you better thank your lucky stars because it seems like there's always something. Someone got cheated out of 15 minutes or they didn't get, you know, 27 minutes of overtime or, you know, all those sorts of things. If you have two less chances of ha- that happening during the year, hallelujah, let's do it, right? So, again, not only saves you uh, time, money, and maybe some headaches, uh, but from a cash flow perspective, here's the big one, is you are, uh, with only doing it twice a month, if you do it every other week, I should say, so there's 26 pay. So what ends up happening is you end up with two months out of the year where you have three payrolls instead of only two. Now, depending on how big your business is, how large your payroll is, that can end up being significant, especially if things are tight. So a quick example is, let's see, and I I made the numbers kind of easy here so I can off the top of my head sort of uh, think about this. So let's say your payroll is $240,000 a year, $20,000 a month, right? If you can eliminate, so the month that you have three payrolls instead of two, so there's two months, I should say, you have three three payrolls. Your payroll that month, instead of being 20000 
is going to be about $28,000. And that doesn't include the expense of benefits and taxes. So really, you're probably looking low 30s. So think about that. So that's an additional, you know, your your 20,000 ends up being with benefits and taxes, low 20s, low 30, and you end up you go to low 30s for that particular month. So that's an extra 10 grand you have to come up with 2 months out of the year. Now again, for some of you that might not be a big deal. For, with some for some of you that have a cyclical business or have a lot of seasonality in your business, during your slow season, that might be just absolutely kill you, right? That extra $10,000 you have to come up with when you have a much lower revenue base during that time, that could really have a big impact on your business. Um, and so it's, again, smooths things out. You you know, if, if presuming everyone's, you know, let's say 40 hours or works the same amount of hours or roughly the same amount of hours, you know what your payroll is going to be every single month because you're paying it twice a month. It's nice and flat. You can budget for it. You can plan for it, um, especially, again, when you have seasonality in your business. It makes it a lot easier in that situation as well. Because, again, you can't control the months. It's just how the calendar falls, the months when you're going to have those three payrolls. So they could fall during your slow season. The other thing it does is you might get some initial grumbling from your employees. But in the long run, and this, if you do implement this and you get any grumblings, I would suggest that you explain this. It actually should make it easier for them because it does the same thing on their end. They know exactly, again, presuming 40 hours a week, et cetera, et cetera, they know what their pay is going to be on a monthly basis every single month. So if their cash flow is tight for them personally and they're running, you know, sort of paycheck to paycheck or close to it, they don't have to worry about, okay, well, this month I have three payrolls, so I have to save some X amount from this to be able to pay my rent for the next two months until the next three payroll month. All that kind of mechanization and jumping around and, you know, through hoops and all that kind of stuff. You don't need to do that. You know, if they make... Uh, again, make up the number. Make it, say they make thirty six thousand dollars a year, uh, and so they're going to get three thousand a month. Um, it makes it nice and easy. Not, you know, twenty two hundred a month, and then two months they make thirty two hundred or however that works out. Um, none of that, right? So it makes it keeps it nice and flat. Makes it easier for them to budget. Makes it easier to manage their personal finances a lot better. And look, you know, if you have a large company. I just use sort of a small example, but, you know, if you have a payroll that's, you know, more than 20000 a month, and many of you, I'm sure, do, you know, it just becomes exponentially bigger, as you can imagine, during those months when you need to come up with three. So it is a super powerful way to improve cash flow, minimal disruption, and again, you're going to save the money. You're paying your payroll processing company less, only you save on two payroll runs, you have less chance of errors on two payroll runs, and things like that. So really, really good stuff something to take advantage of. So that's a way you can save, or not necessarily save money, but you're going to improve your cash flow. Again, you're going to end up paying your employees the same. They're not going to make less money. They're going to make the exact same amount of money. It's just the timing of when they're going to get paid, which is going to help you cash flow-wise. So hopefully that was helpful for Kevin. Thanks again for the question. And we don't have much time before break. So um, let me see here. I kind of hate to get into another question and have to stop it in the middle. Let me see if there's happened to be a quick one here I can answer very quickly. Uh no 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 no. Uh, I don't think so. I think we're kind of kind of out there. So, uh, you know, I'll mention definitely go out if you're not already following us on social media, follow the Facebook page. We do tons of videos there. I put videos out, you know, periodically I'll go through spurts, but um you know, we're going to do actually even more this year. 
to where we put out videos that are, you know, four to five, six minute long videos that answer sort of questions like this, give you tips like this. Follow us on Twitter at Mr. Biz Tweets and on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. We're Mr. Biz Solutions. Twitter, it's at Mr. Biz Tweets. Um, and on LinkedIn, it's Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth. And oftentimes I'll share these videos across uh, a bunch of these platforms. But um, again, I share stuff pretty much four or five days a week on all four platforms. So definitely follow us on those. Um, you can pick up some some free tips, some free information, um, and keep track of what we're doing and all that good stuff. And um, I will also say thank you to everyone. I, I've been uh, reticent in mentioning this, and so I, I uh, apologize. But thank you, everyone. My latest book ended up making it to number one, so it's a number one bestseller. Uh, first book was a bestseller but didn't make it to number one, so I really appreciate everyone's support with that. Um, I know a lot of you supported it, and I really, really appreciate it. That's very humbling, and uh, thank you very, very much. Uh, very much appreciate it. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit checkoffyourlist.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to MrBiz at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back to B2B Radio, brought to you by Capital Plus. They help you unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. Capital Plus creates customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. Highly recommend you check them out if you need any type of financing, factoring, anything like that. They are legit. They are good people. Uh, Renee and her folks over there, good, good people. So uh, the Mr. Biz tip of the week this week is around pricing, actually. And I literally have never worked with a company that had 100% accurate pricing. So the tip is to make sure you hire an expert to ensure yours is. That's one of those things, if your pricing isn't right, and I had a, uh, I had a client uh, a while back that had the situation his pricing was off, so far off, that the majority of the the um, projects he was doing were actually losing him money. So he was busier than crazy, um, and the more business he took in, the deeper the hole he dug because he was losing money on almost all of his projects because his pricing was off. He didn't realize it, um, didn't realize how far off it was, and so by taking on more, so he... he he wasn't making money, so he worked harder, and he took on more jobs and worked more hours, and all it did was get worse. It was like he was in quicksand. He was running, and he started running faster and faster and faster, and it just made him sink quicker. So pricing is just absolutely critically important, not only for your cash flow, but you know, frankly, for your the the exi- further future existence of your your business. If your pricing isn't right, it, it will bite you in the butt. And there's a lot of oftentimes low hanging fruit there that you can make some changes and 
you can literally have, and I've talked about this before, so I won't go too far into it so we can get to, through these questions, some of these other questions, but you can bring in less revenue but make more net income if you're pricing, if you tighten up your pricing and have your margins where at the target levels they should be. Um, and we've covered that before and we've talked about it a few different times. So check out some other shows for, for information on that or you know, go out to the Facebook page and uh, we've got videos on it and things like that. But um, pricing, very, very, very important, if I didn't emphasize that quite enough. I'll throw one more very, very important. Um, so, uh, all right. So the next question is from Pam. And Pam's Pam's statement and then question is, Mr. Biz, I am tired of hearing you talk about budgeting. You sound like my husband. Why is budgeting so important? <laughs> yeah, I think Mrs. Biz would probably echo that that that's that comment, and that's probably fair. Look, for your business, uh, and frankly, for your personal, we have a this will shock you, right? We have a, we have a budget in our houses, our house as well for our personal stuff, but. For your business, a budget is an absolute, and I use this almost every time, it's almost like they're, they're, they're tied together. A budget is a game changer for your business. The primary reason is hardly anyone utilizes it. Everyone knows what it is, but I think a lot of people don't implement them because they're either intimidated by it, they're not even sure where to start, or they don't want to be shackled by it. Um, and I've talked about this before, and one of the analogies I like to use with budgeting is I think a lot of people, when they hear the B word, the budget, is they think of it like a diet. Um, and when people think of the word diet, they think, you know, I've got to drink water and eat lettuce every day. Well, of course, that's not what a diet is. Um, well, hopefully not. Um, you could be, uh, look, when I used to do um, uh, in my powerlifting career, sometimes I'd be on weight gain diets. And I eat like crazy, and I could eat a lot more freely on what I was trying to do because I was trying to gain weight. That was still a diet. A diet is just a, a, a an eating plan. Doesn't mean you necessarily have to lose weight. Everyone thinks that though. A budget is exactly the same. You might have a budget that's for growth, and you're going to be spending money a lot more freely than you would expect. That's still a budget. It is a plan of how you're going to spend your money throughout the year. So don't be intimidated by the word budget. Don't think that it's just like a diet. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. It might have to be, right? If you need to tighten the belt and things like that, of course. But it doesn't have to be that way. So don't don't think of it that way because then that makes you more adverse to it and less likely to implement it. It just drives better financial decisions. You know where you're at throughout the year. You know where you are versus your goals. Um, you know, one key thing I'll mention is not to get too deep into this, but um, you need to make sure that if you have any seasonality in your business, you incorporate that. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you have a business where certain months of the year are slower than others, maybe it's due to the the climate you're in, the weather, um, and things like that. It could just be, you know, maybe you're a jeweler. Um, I have a jewelry store as a client, and they get really busy, especially between uh, the middle of November through uh, essentially New Year's, and then they get busy again right after that. There's usually like a 10-day break sometimes, and then it's like they get ramped up, and then they've got all of the Valentine's Day specials and things like that. But then they get March, April, maybe May is a little bit slower. starts to pick up in May a little bit because they head into really the summer becomes wedding season and and, um, uh, engagement season, I guess I'll call it. So they have that that's seasonality, right? They have different parts of the year that are much busier than others. Some parts that are um, they've got much less revenue to deal with. You have to make sure you capture that in your budget. Otherwise, you end up with something that's almost useless because you don't have a clear picture of where you are versus your goals. 
because they're not aligned with the natural seasonality in your business. The easy way to bring seasonality in, because that's the next obvious question, is look at the last few years of your business um, on the revenue side. Line up, have down, if you can picture this, down the left column, have the years, have three, maybe four years. Um, across the top, horizontally across, you have January through December, and you drop in your numbers. What were your revenue numbers by month for the last three years? Then you take the totals. How much in the last, say, three years did you bring in in January? You divide that by the annual three-year annual total. Now you know over the last three years that percent of revenue comes through in January. You can go through and do that for each month, and that will show you your seasonality. You'll see it'll be very clear to you at that point where your low points are, where your high points are, et cetera. You need to make sure that you incorporate that, like I said, in your budgeting because, again, I don't want you to get through the year and you just straight line it. And what I mean by that is if you have a $1.2 million revenue goal and you say, okay, $1.2 million divided by 12, that's 100000 a month. I'm going to put $100,000 a month in each month. If you have that seasonality, like I mentioned with the jewelry store, that is not going to be accurate. At any point during the year, you're not going to know are you ahead or behind where you need to be based on your seasonality. So um, very important there. So not only driving better financial decisions, but right along that line, you can fix problems more quickly. You see them more quickly. It's not you get six months into the year, eight months into the year, and you say, you know, it's you're in September talking about August results, and you're like, crap. You're looking at your revenue for the year, and you're like, man, we're I don't think we're going to make it this year. Well, at that point, you only have a few months to really make some changes. And if if your business is like, you know, sort, sort of turning a big battleship, you can't turn that thing on a dime. It's not a sports car. So you can't, at that point, you're done, right? You, you might not be able to make your revenue goal because you've figured it out too late. This way, in February, you're talking about how did we do in January versus our goals for January? Where did we fall short? How do we make that better? Um, where are we doing really well? How do we accentuate that? Um, those are the types of things you can see every 30 days. And actually, even before that, right? You can check during the month as well if you wanted, but at least on a monthly basis, you're seeing that and you can make those changes every single month when you sit down and do that review and be disciplined about that. Make sure you do that. If you go through the trouble of creating a budget, use that bad boy to help you run your business more efficiently. And I, I'm telling you, every business that I've gone into, and I know I use these terms that sound like, oh, it can't be every time. I'm telling you, every time I go, I've gone into business, we implement a budget. They always do better because there's accountability every single month. We sit down, and not only accountability, but like I said, we can make changes pretty much on the fly and be able to fix things that aren't working well. So it's very, very powerful. So, Pam, that is why budgeting is so important and why you should implement it. All right, we're going to hit a break here. We'll come back, and we'll try to get through another question or two here before we uh, end the show. Are you frustrated with trying to grow your business? You're not alone because the business growth experts at TriTraction are here to help. TriTraction's proven business systems, marketing, and sales formula has helped many businesses like yours achieve amazing results. Could your company benefit from explosive sales growth and a huge jump in website traffic? Call 800-719-4281 today for a free consultation with the business growth experts at TriTraction. That's 800-719-4281. Systems plus marketing plus sales equals business growth. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. 
you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate because there are limited spots available. Follow Mr. Biz on social media at Mr. Biz Tweets on Twitter and Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth on LinkedIn. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to B2B Radio. I think I try to say that too quickly so often. Um, just rolls off the tongue, but sometimes not uh, a little bit too fast. B2B Radio brought to you by Capital Plus. It's uh, me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, and we're going through some listener questions here. And I want to try to make sure we get through these last two. So I've got a question from Pat about efficiency. And I've got a question from Ned about, again, uh, risks. Um, so let's go with Ned. Let's talk about risk first. So um, he asked a question about risk and how how do I – similar question that we got um, uh, previously about some what are some external risks that I need to be aware of that I might not be thinking of. And another one of those I know I'd mentioned, um, secret shopping – kind of open your eyes to a lot of things. But here's another one that I think a lot of people, and this is where um, I mentioned this, I think on the other show, but I am, you know, you have a strength sometimes and it's really good for you, but sometimes it's not because it becomes too strong. Well, here's where one of my strengths helps. So my strategic thinking, I'm always thinking out, think about your vendors and consider vendor delivery and what impact that could have on your business. And you say, well, geez, I don't know, Ken, what are you, are you talking about? Well, Think about where your businesses are located, for example, uh, where the where your vendors are located, I should say. So let's say you have a your primary vendor that you get eighty you heavily heavily rely upon to make your widgets. So say that's you know uh, the predominant uh, raw material you use is from this vendor, and let's say that they're located in Florida. Now, during hurricane season, what does that mean for you? What would happen? If their warehouse got wiped out, what would you do? Because your customers, all they care about is getting their product in a timely basis when you've promised it to them, right? They don't care that some vendor you use was wiped out by, I mean, I'm not trying to sound crass about it, but I'm sure they do care, but they they need it because they need it for their product for their sales, right? So it's it's a domino effect. And those are the kind of things you need to think about. If you have someone that's you know, again, I'm using that example, I think, because everyone can relate to it of, you know, that warehouse that could be in danger during a hurricane. If a significant hurricane hit Florida and that warehouse got wiped out all of a sudden, where are you going to get that raw material from? So point being, you got to make sure you have, you know, a plan B um, or and in, in, in even plan C that you can quickly enact to make sure you can still re- reach your SLAs, your service level agreements with your customers, et cetera. Um, you know, you got to consider things if you get all of all of your material, let's say, via the rail, uh, the railroad. What if there's a rail strike? What do you do now? Um, you know, those are the kind of things. What if what if most of it comes through the air via, um, you know, airplanes, et cetera? What if there's an airstrike? What if pilots strike? Um, and again, these are things that don't happen that often, clearly. I mean, hurricanes during hurricane season. I mean, gosh, how many hurricanes, you know, go through during the year? I mean, it seems like they, they are happening more and more often now, um, and so that one's probably more prevalent than sort, sort of a rail strike or an airstrike or things like that. But these are the kind of risks that, if you're paying attention to, can elevate you above your competitors because more than likely your competitors don't have this goofy sense that I have of trying to think things through well out in advance. Um, and so 
And that example, when they, they're stuck with that vendor in Florida that gets unfortunately hit with a hurricane and they're down, they're telling their customers, I can't help you. Guess where those customers are going to go? They're going to try to find someone else. That's when you have an opportunity to seize that opportunity, elevate yourself above, grow your business in those situations because you have thought it through, you've thought that risk through, and you have a plan B. Not just a plan B, like not just, well, I'll call vendor B. You need to make sure you have some sort of relationship with vendor B because they're going to get inundated in that situation potentially with people calling them. So you have to make sure you've got you've greased the skids, as I, as I like to say appropriately, so they're you know willing to help you, and you know you've got to work that out to be able to make sure you can uh, do that. Um, so those are things that definitely they, that monitoring that risk and thinking it through, having a plan B, um, gives you an opportunity to elevate above your competitors and maybe even grow your business. So that one's a critical one. Um, so thanks, Ned, for that question. And all right, so the last question uh, from Pat. And Pat is asking again about um, another question about efficiency. And what is the most, uh, I'm trying to see here, it's, it's a little bit jumbled up here. Sorry, Pat. Um, what is the most uh, opportune way to reduce or increase efficiency with pricing? All right, that is an easy one. Um, pricing is a huge topic. You guys know this. I talk about it all the time. Um, I actually just talked about it with the the, t- <laughs> the Mr. Biz tip this week, but this is an easy one. Uh, the cost of what I'll call reworks, um, of having to go back out to a job site or having to redo something on a product that you've produced, that gets missed so often in pricing. And it's, oh my gosh, it, it's, it gets missed all the time. So it impacts your pricing clearly. But in the, in the way of efficiency, you need to monitor those things on a regular basis uh, with every single order, with every single job you do. You need to measure that. So you can look at your QA, your quality assurance, your QC, your quality control, and to determine if you have a problem. And not only if you have a problem, but you need to track what type of problems you're having. Because more than likely what's going to happen is they're in one area. So maybe uh, the finishing area is not finishing things as well as they should. Okay, so you can narrow them down, focus on that one area, and really you know, make some good changes there to ensure you don't ha- continue to have that same problem. Um, you know, we had uh, a situation where that's exactly what it was. Is we had we had continual reworks. And what happened was literally two guys ended up almost getting in a fist fight in the warehouse <laughs> because the guys, the techs that are out on the road were super ticked off because they had to keep going back out to job sites. And it was basically the finishing, the the, the, the product that was going out the door was not up to par. It was not up to standard. So the the installers would go out, install the product. They would install it very well, right? Customers happy with that, but they're just not happy with the quality of the product. And um, literally, it got down to the point where it happened more and more often. So the the guys on the road would tell the guys that were producing the, the, the products, look, this isn't good enough. And the guy would, you know, tell them basically buzz off, do your own job, don't worry about mine. So they would take it out, install it, and they have to go back out the next day to do it again. And then orders are backing up. The owner is putting pressure on the delivery guys. Hey, you're too slow. Well, no, it's not too slow. I have to keep going back out and fix these quality problems. They hadn't been tracking it. They hadn't been tracking specifically what the issues were, so they didn't address it. And so it got worse and worse and worse to literally the installation guy got back and basically was having a bad day because the customer bit into his rear end when he was out there. 
And he came back to the warehouse guy and said, this is a bunch of crap. I'm not doing this anymore. He said, mind your own business. And then things escalated and, you know, literally almost got into, these guys almost got into a fist fight in the warehouse because they hadn't addressed this, you know, this situation of, of tracking the reworks. And again, I'm, I mean, putting aside the impact that has on your pricing, you got to make sure you're tracking those and the reasons for them specifically so you can address those as they continue to come up. Um, because again, you definitely don't want to have fist fights in your workplace. That's probably not a good thing. Um, so, so thanks for that question, Pat. I think that's, um, that's an easy one. And again, it'll take you a while to get some data. Um, so hopefully you don't have a lot of problems. You can always go back to as far back as you can remember at, to start creating that data, but you should be having that every time. And it could be things as simple as you have a new checklist for the quality control before something goes out the door. I mean, it, it's oftentimes it's something rather, relatively simple. Maybe the, during the process, you're not putting enough heat on the product for long enough. You put it on for seven minutes, you need to put it on for eight. You know, things like that um, are what, what will typically shine through when you start to track things, these things on a regular basis. All right. I think we got through a bunch of these questions. I know we got through a bunch of these questions, I should say. Um, hopefully the answers were very helpful for you. Again, appreciate the questions. Don't hesitate. You can always tweet them to me at Mr. Biz Tweets. You can email them, uh, Mr. Biz at Mr. Biz Solutions.com. Um, really appreciate the questions. Of course, always appreciate you listening. Um, thanks to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. And um, we're looking forward to next week. So have a great week. Have a very productive week. Don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been B2B Radio with your host, Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for 25 years. Learn more about them at cpifunding.com or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.